0: Hello so friends, my name is Hannah and you are listening to She Reads, They Eat, a podcast for all of my fellow literature lovers or for anyone wondering what they should read next. I cover all kinds of reads from children's book to classic literature to science fiction and fantasy. I read, you listen, and my Patreon community sends 90% of their proceeds to the hungry, thirsty, naked, sick, and needy. The other 10% is used to bring you even better content. Most of my podcast is free to listen to, but for as little as $1 a month, you can join my Patreon community for exclusive content. Thanks so much for listening today, and let's dive right into today's Reads. Hello, welcome back to another episode of She Reads, They Eat. There we go. I think I adjusted my sound a bit. All right. All right. So today, I wanted to share with you a little more about kind of the history of literature. We're going to be reading about sacred books of the ancients. And I'm sorry, you probably hear my little one in the background. He's trying to take a nap. Hey, you're okay. Listen to the story, okay? Okay. Sorry about that. Let me continue. Chapter 3 sacred books of the ancients the earliest literature of the world and the most important because of its bearing upon the development of man is the literature of the sacred books every nation that reached the scale of civilization wherein literature was possible had its sacred books and these were not only the best known and most revered of the writings of those nations but they were also the means of crystallizing and conserving the very language itself in the sacred books the earlier one particularly almost all the knowledge and thought of the time is to be found they contain philosophy and versification they portray science and depict art they discuss economics and relate parable they wax denunciatory or glide into a pastoral no two literary styles could be more unlike for example than the lamentations of jeremiah and the idyll of the book of ruth nothing more diverse in character than the list of legal observances in leviticus and the love poetry of the song of solomon nothing more order- utterly dissimilar than the medical directions concerning leprosy laid down in the pentateuch and the visionary fantasies of ezekiel these illustrations as to the diversity of matter to be found in the sacred books of the old world have been taken from the hebrew bible the old testament for the double reason that it is the most familiar to the reader and is perhaps the oldest it might be more correct to say that parts of it are older than in the other sacred books for the reason that the hebrew bible is not so much a rewritten story of old traditions as a compilation of the old traditions themselves placed side by side Hey, shh! Quiet, please. The difference between this ancient plan and the modern method is well stated by James Robertson in his book by book, wherein he says, quote, "Whereas a modern historian, after consulting his authorities and verifying his facts, relates occurrences in his own words with reference to the sources from which he has drawn, we have here the very words of the authorities." family registers, lists of places, fragments of old poetry, stories of bygone days, and details of the lives of ancient heroes. My note, regulations of social life or ritual service are all strung upon the one thread of the history, but their individuality is not obliterated. As a side note, I do believe all that's true, but we're also discovering it's very likely a lot of these things weren't written down in the time that they were created. It was more of an Oral tradition that was handed down from generation to generation and then eventually transcribed. Um, But we also believe that the practice of writing and specifically of Hebrew, most biblical scholars believe, was created much after some of the stories that are told in scripture, such as uh, Moses and everything before then, um, as well as a lot of those earlier time period things the language of Hebrew wasn't around, so we believe it was more oral tradition that was handed down and then written later. Um, But still, it is amazing to see the um, diversity, and this is a very, very ancient text, so just to clarify a few thoughts on that there. The Mazarites also actually invented their entire vowel system, which could be aided outside the letters, so that the actual text need not be changed, and then divided the words from each other. Of the earlier types there are none, and the earliest dated manuscript is one of 916 A.D. There is one in the British Museum which may be a few a very few years older. Thus, strange as it may seem, the world possesses an earlier complete copy of the Koran, the latest of the great sacred books, than it does of the complete Hebrew Bible, the earliest. An ancient Syriac commentary, that of St. Ephraim, refers to a palimpsest, or document written upon the second time after the earlier writing had grown faint. This may be as early as the second century, and pertains to the original writing have been restored by the use of chemicals. The Old Testament is so well known and contains so many points of view that it is difficult to select a quotation that shall be typical of its spirit. Perhaps, but perhaps the direct commandments of Moses might be regarded as presenting a fair example as found in Exodus 20, 1-17. The first two commandments and their effect upon people follow so moses went down unto the people and spake unto them and god spake all these words saying i am the lord thy god which have brought thee out of the land of egypt out of the house of knowledge thou shalt have no other gods before me thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and shewing mercy upon thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, Mount Sinai. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. End quote. Reaching as far back as the 24th century BC, documents dealing with the old dynasties are found in the ancient books of China. They are reverenced to sacred books and must so here be treated, but they are scarcely sacred books in the sense that they deal with sacred subjects. Indeed, it may be stated that no such array of books exists in the world in which there is less religious philosophy than in the sacred books of China first and greatest in historical importance of these books is called the Shu, and since the period of the Han dynasty, the Shu King. Its documents commence with the reign of Yao in the twenty-fourth century BC, and they come down to those of King Xiang of the Cao dynasty, 651-619 to 619 BC. Only second in importance is the Shi, or the book of poetry, often called the Shi King. It contains in all three hundred and five pieces, five of which are of the time of the Shang dynasty, which was from 1766 to 1123 B.C. The others belong to the dynasty of Kao from the time of, its father, time of its founder, King Wan, 1231 B.C., to King Ting, 586 B.C. The book as a whole is divided into four parts, the last of which is occupied with Odes of the Temple and the Altar. The third book is the Yi, commonly called the Book of Changes. This is often thought. Uh, quote, this is often thought the most ancient, but wrongly so, since no portion of the text is older than the time of King Wan. Quote, says James Leg in the introduction to his translation of the Shu King. There were and indeed are in it trigrams ascribed to Fu who is generally considered as the founder of the Chinese nation and whose place in chronology should probably be ascribed to the thirty-fourth century. Two point three. The eight trigrams are again increased to sixty-four hexagrams, all compounded of a strange and arbitrary arrangement of long and short lines. Quote, But what ideas few see attached to the primary lines, end quote, says Legge again, what significance he gave to his trigrams what to the sixty-four hexagrams, and why their numbers should stop there, of none of these points is there any knowledge from him. Copious notes were made on these figures by Juan and his family equus son, equally famous son the duke of Cao, but the interpretations are forced and not infrequently contradictory all right let's so see where was i the fourth of the great books is the Li Qi or Record of Rites, but this is scarcely more than the official register of the Cao Dynasty. It enumerates the various office holders of the empire and describes their duties, together with the proper ceremonies for installation and matters of the, that kind. It is not more religious than a court circular or a congressional record the fifth and last king or sacred book is ascribed to confucius himself this is the kun Ku, but it consists merely of the animals of his native state lu from 722 to 481 b c these are the five kings to them are usually added the four shu books of four philosophers these are the lun yu containing conversations between confucius and his disciples the words of mencius the ta which is ascribed to Tsang Se and the Kung Yong to the son of the latter, Tzitzi. China's greatest statesman, Kung Futsu, better known as, and I have to pause here to say, of course I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of these names, better known as Confucius, was born about 550 BC, and as a conserver of tradition and an economist probably never was known a peer. He was certainly for many years Minister of Justice, and tradition states that he was also Prime Minister. Absolutely different in type from the great medieval statesman, Cardinal Richelieu, his policies were identical. He ag- aggrandized the monarchy at the expense of the nobility, centralized the government, and regarded his actions as being destiny incarnate. Three, three, four, five. Alright, and I think I'll finish this next paragraph here and then I'll have to pull it to an end because the little one is not cooperating too much. This will be a shorter podcast this week and I can finish the second half of this next week on the ancient sacred texts confucius was a sublime moralist but not a religionist the name of any supreme being only appeared once in his entire writings the most marked feature in the religion of the chinese before this time says john lord was the worship of ancestors and this worship he did not seek to change he did not like to talk of spiritual things professing no interest in the working out of abstruse questions either of philosophy or theology hence he did not aspire to throw any new light on the great problems of human condition and destiny nor did he speculate like the ionian philosophers on the creation or end of things He confined his attention to outward phenomena, to the world of sense and matter, to forms, precedents, ceremonies, proprieties, rules of conduct, filial duties and duties to the State, enjoying temperance, honesty, and sincerity as the cardinal and fundamental laws of private and national prosperity. He was a man of the world and all of his teachings have reference to respectability in the world's regard. He doubted more than he believed, End quote. And that's where I'll leave off today. Sorry about the shorter podcast. I look forward to reading the second half of this with you next week. However, thank you for listening today. Sorry if that's a little nerdy of a podcast and I hope you all have a lovely day. Bye. If you love this episode and would love to hear additional episodes, have access to extra content, and are passionate about caring for the needy as I am, I encourage you to check out my Patreon page. You can find it at www.patreon.com. There are different levels at which you can help. One dollar a month gives you early access to all my free episodes and could help plant three potato plants to feed the hungry. $5 a month gives you two book lists a month in addition to early access, as well as some additional read-aloud podcasts and could buy a coat or shoes for a homeless person. $10 a month gives you access to all of my episodes, book lists and more while helping a poor family afford hygiene products or allowing local gardeners to plant three extra rows of plants in their garden to give people in great need. Again, you can find that at www.patreon.com slash shereads. Thanks so much for listening today, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week.